can't be incentives and trades. Apprentices and apprenticeships and employers. All of us together. Hanging out. Trying to figure out where do you go, who to hire, how to get, how to build. How to build Canada's. How to become, how to. Get more people into construction trades, all different levels of it. Okay. How to. Lots of questions. We're already starting. We're rolling. Okay. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> there's no green light unless there's someone singing, but there's no green light. Everybody, welcome uh, back to the show. And Daniel, thank you so much for joining us for the first time. Thanks for having I'm me. I'm sure that you're going to be a little bit nervous. Everyone's been through this ringer before, but it's uh, what I've been told is pretty harmless. Yeah. Nobody bites. <laughs> we just talk about construction. Yeah. That's all it is. So normally I go around the table and just introduce everybody. So we can begin with you, Ashley, um, if you want to introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm Ashley Vanfort. I work at Colleges and Institutes Canada, and right now we are working on a program called the Career Launcher Apprenticeship Program, which offers up to $10,000 to employers who hire new apprentices. And then you can get more information at the website, which, well, there's two websites, right? So two links. There are two links. So you can either go to careerlauncher.ca forward slash apprenticeships. And then the other one is toolkits.collegesinstitutes.ca forward slash Apprentice Connect. Yes, Correct, that is right? our new toolkit that we What's have just launched to kind of help employers have a one-stop shop instead of searching the internet for everything they need to find an apprentice, hire an apprentice, government standards, workplace safety. We've brought it all into one hub to make it easier for everybody. And then also on Instagram, you guys are at at college underscore can. Because it's under CCAN, right? So yeah. C-I-C-A-N. Correct. Right. Okay, cool. All right. And Daniel? Uh, I'm Daniel Limoges. I run Limoges Carpentry. <laughs> There's more to that. <laughs> <laughs> I just started. Yeah, I just started my company. The Instagram again is, uh, it's Loge and you spell it L-I-M-O-G-E-S? Yes. Dot Carpentry. Limoges dot Carpentry. Yeah. On Instagram, right? And then my email is Limoges dot Carpentry at Outlook.com. What's Limoges? What's the background? French. That's what I thought I was going to yeah. guess, eh? But I didn't want to upset everybody today. There's a, place <laughs> in, uh, there's a place in Quebec called Limoges, and there's a place in France called Limoges. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Good. <coughs> you know that, Ashley, no? I live close to it. Oh. Not that far. Okay. And Julia, welcome Hi. back. Hello. I'm glad to be back. Thank you. Uh, I'm Julia Lundvall. I am... The Brick Chick on social media. I'm a Red Seal Brick and Stone Mason. I work and live out of Toronto, Ontario. And I'm also a part-time instructor at the Ontario Masonry Training Centre. So I run my own business, the Brick Chick Masonry, and constantly thriving and trying to find literally anybody that wants to be a bricklayer because it's super fun. And I'm trying to promote that all over my social media. So if you want to go check that out and watch some cool videos and possibly get inspired to build something awesome... I will be there. And it's at the dot brick dot chick. That's it. On Instagram. Yep. Did you also study there? I did. Yeah. I went to school there. I so got my instructor in there. Yes. Which is awesome. Yeah. Part time for the, for the newbies. So it's a, it's been a really good experience and just to see it on the other side has been kind of liberating. How's brick been this year? We're going into the cold season now. It's been an insanely busy year. There's always a constant demand. I, is it one tank of propane for the crew and one tank of propane for your home for barbecue? That yeah. kind of idea going oh, yeah. on right yeah, now? Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> 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 Got to stay warm. It's Canada. It's yeah, Toronto. right now we're inside. So, I mean, if you're going to start paying for tarping and heating, that's just like an insane, you know, 
budget that I do not have. I'm a small business. I only have three people, so you got to keep things. Uh, well, you never know. Yeah. You grow. I grow. We're growing. We're getting better. I do a lot of subcontracting with Avenue Road Masonry, and those guys have helped me grow my business immensely. So I'm super grateful to those guys. I want to do a shout out for them. So. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So it's all a big family. We're all just trying to like help each other and get ahead and, you know. And anyone who's listening to the show knows I have a particular love for Masons and the work that they do. Not that I'm dismissing you plumbers or you <laughs> trim guys. <laughs> I love every trade, maybe not necessarily equally, but I do. But Masonry, I still have a love for it. But brings me to Aaron now. Aaron's back on the show. Hey, thanks for having me back. Yeah, Get, get a little closer to the mic, please. <laughs> Are we tuned in? <laughs> so thanks for having me back. Aaron from Expert Plumbing and Drains. Um, um, also, expert plumbing and heating, which is new to us. We when did you launch that? We launched that about three weeks ago now, yeah. So we've been working on that in the back end for the last year. Um, something that's very dear to my heart is training. I'm a big believer in training, a big believer in investing in your employees, people. investing in people. Um, you know, that's the future at the moment. I think everybody, go, everyone out there knows trying to find people is next to impossible. So realistically, the way it is, is to create them from inside now, you know, to invest a bit in training and, you know, make sure that they, they get the careers that they deserve in the industry. You know, I actually have two apprentices on their grant system today, and I have two more waiting for next year to be signed up to that as well. Uh, so, yeah. How many employees you got now? Uh, Last when you were on the show, wasn't too long ago, you were like, 16 now i think when wow. i was here last it was around 10 or 11 maybe but maybe you know projected to have you know i'd say by february aiming for at least 22 with the new hvac division with the yeah not hvac just plumbing and heating oh yeah. just heating yeah. okay yeah. yeah not yet not yet soon soon mechanicals next wow Okay, well, welcome everybody to the show. I want to have a, we're going to have a really interesting sh talk here because we definitely want to talk about employers and apprentice, apprentices and then apprenticeships and what the government is offering. Actually, you're going to dive into deep into what's going on here and the program that's there. Because like you said at the start of the show, there's a lot of questions from employers. And I'm sure there's probably just as many questions from the employee, potential employees, the apprentices themselves, right? Sure. And so obviously there's there's a huge shortage. There's always going to be a shortage of it, right? The building show is coming up and a lot of people on this show, we've talked a lot about the labor shortage. I'm sure all three of you guys have seen that and it's probably been a question for your own businesses when or how to expand, right? And it's always been a huge question for you, Aaron, huge. because you have to figure out how to do that, how to find these right people to get on there, right? Yeah, it's fair. It's, it's, it's you know, like I, I'm in a couple of groups of uh, plumbers and entrepreneurs and um it doesn't matter what industry you're in now, like f across the board, it's the same struggle that we're all having, right? You can't get people through the skill quick enough. And um, the training standard isn't to where it should be. And, you know, with the cost of everything being so expensive now, it's very hard to be in a position of being an apprentice. You know, I remember when I started, like, you know, 20 years ago, you, you could survive on an apprentice wage, mm -hmm. right? But now with the comp with the industry being so competitive, the offset or the labor burden of having an apprentice right now and trying to compete in this industry is really difficult. How are you guys competing business wise? I want to get economical, right? I want to. I mean, obviously, we came out of the funny two years that happened, two and a half years, what have you. So, were you guys cautious about expanding and growing and considering new employment, new employers coming into the business? Well, I did like the. 
most uncertain thing I could think of is I got my red seal and immediately quit my job and started a company after COVID because I just, you know, I was kind of tired of you know, being under somebody. I wanted to expand my own, you know, my own process of how bricklaying was seen through my eyes. People think about it differently. Everybody does a different level of standard and I wanted to be as high as I could in that and uh, give that back to other people. The hard part for me though, it's such a seasonal business that promising somebody only eight months of work as a small company is next to impossible. How are they going to pay their rent or even just eating right now is almost tragic. And but you've done a smart move where sometimes you kind of go after those interior jobs. Yeah, it, it is a, it's a, um, it's hard to get your foot in the door just mm. as someone so small like me. That's why it's, 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 it's nice to be set up with like a larger company that might be able to get those contracts. But for, you know, somebody like me, it's definitely difficult. What was the biggest hurdle for you leaving employment and then starting your own business and getting that going? Just having the guts to do it and to walk up to, you know, other contractors as a woman and trying to be taken seriously sometimes is super difficult. But I think I said it the last time, like letting your work do the proving for you is mm -hmm. all you can do. And I've become more confident in my own abilities. I've learned a lot. I'm tired. I'm stopping to like rush this process somebody like you, you've been doing it for 20 years. I wanted that knowledge right away. And I just, you can't, it's impossible coming out of school to, to have all of that in Why your brain. Why were you so hungry to just, I just, I think it was just a proving thing as a woman. I really just wanted to prove that I was good enough because mm -hmm. I got a lot of backlash in the beginning, but now I just, you know, I'm just taking it as it comes and I'm learning every day and I'm, I'm okay with making mistakes. And I think that, you know, I've grown a lot in the last couple of years and yeah. Are you, right are you actively looking for more female masons to I, come into to, to your business? I would love to, like, have a team of brick chicks. I think that would be so That'd cool. Be awesome. And it would be awesome. an awesome, like, marketing awesome. tool, yeah. I think. Like, just a bunch of girls rolling up in your All house you in, like, that. a pink you truck. You add an S to the chick. Yeah, <laughs> brick chicks, masonry, yeah, something like that. So They have that in roofing. There's a women in roofing. Yeah, like, yes. I've seen a couple Everything. companies, yeah. like, the bin chicks. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're all girls with the yeah. pink bins. I love it. Just It'll happen for you. Well, we'll see. One day. One day. So you guys, well, I mean, I know you've been growing and you shared it, but Daniel, you when you're you're on your own now and you've got one person working with you? I have no one right now. Okay. Uh, I have a, a couple buddies who also have their own companies, and it's kind of similar. Like, they're all kind of one-man show. Uh, and that's Is that by design? Is it because you guys are having a hard time finding the, the employers? Well, I don't, I don't want to take an on an employee until I know I have enough work for them. And so like, so like right now it's, it's great. Cause there's, there's three of us. And like when, when they need help, they call me when I need help, I call them and we don't, I don't have to worry about keeping them busy the entire time. And they don't have to worry about keeping me busy either. So it's, you know, if we're going to do a big, like frame a big addition, we all work together. Um, otherwise we kind of just go our own ways to our, our own jobs is the fear of not finding all these employees that you need to expand your business is that really where the fear comes from because you're wondering if i take on this job i really want this job yeah. it's big yeah but i need the bodies i need the people and i need the skilled people so is that a fear there for you for your business growth I, i've definitely looked at a couple jobs um where i was like i was on the job and i'm like looking at it and going oh i have no idea how i'm going to do this you know because in the back of your head you're yeah, well, like, you know, and, and even if, like if those guys are busy with their own job, they're not they're not going to help me. So now it's just like me trying to frame a thousand square foot addition. You can't do it. Not by yourself. No. I'm, it's 
yeah, it would be slow. It would be painful. So it was the same situation for you, Aaron? I lived that every day. I lived that every day. Every day, huh? Because, it, you know, like, when I first got started in the industry, um, to get a start, um, I'm an immigrant, right? I moved to Canada 11 years ago. I'm an immigrant. Ago. Right? Don't put down immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> Fresh <laughs> off the boat, as they say. <laughs> or the uh, fob. You know? yeah, okay. So I, I needed financial help to start, right? Uh, so I, I actually uh, came across an investor early on, and I, t- I sold a, a percentage of my company in the very early days to get an investment to move forward. The reason being was because I didn't want to spend too much time working by myself, and realistically, I had to go into debt large style to jump over that gap. Right? I think everybody that gets into construction goes on their own. They yeah. come across a wall of debt first. Well, well, well what, what, what ends up being hard is, is that like, you know, like you have a strategy to earn money. But the problem can be is we're earning money, too much money early on, is that if you're not, if you're not operating your business like a business and you're a sole proprietor and you're earning $150,000 a year and you're taking it home, it then becomes very hard to employ people after that. You know, if you get comfortable taking a salary from your wage as a worker for what you put into your company, it allows you then to make more hires within your company. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, a, that's, a, that's what I see with a, with a lot of guys. Like, it's saying for someone in your position that I wouldn't hire an apprentice for my first hire. If I could do things again, I would hire a qualified person for my first hire because the more you can work on your business and not work in your business, that's what gives you the true growth. Most people will not know about this apprentice program and won't be won't have the, like, like I see that, seeing what you've done, you're trying to simplify this package as easy as possible. Most people that go into construction, like myself, I'm good at plumbing. Plumbing is what I do. I don't particularly do business. It becomes very difficult to research things, find all the resources. How did you hear about this for the first time? I did because I made the right hire. And after being three years in business, I hired somebody that is very good at figuring out resources and uh, is really good at um, you know finding things out. So one day I asked her as a task, as an office manager, uh, could you go and figure out all the grants that are available? And we had missed out on a couple of years, which was a shame because uh, you know I've put in many apprentices through school now, and you know I'm three years in before I figured this out. It would have been nice to figure it out on year one. How's like actually, I guess exposure wise, how do we get the messaging to the trades that this is an option out there? Yeah, so you're not the first employer that we've heard this from. Like we've done surveys, and a lot of the employers are saying it's it's challenging to to get that information out there, especially because they're so focused on their business and they're spending so much more time focused on building the business, and then these things get overlooked when they should be something that are there just easy peasy. Like for me, I would add it to all of the skilled trades websites and it should be, it should come up right away. You register your apprentice. Have you looked into this grant? That should be the first and only place that they have. How many grants do you guys know about right now that Canada is offering? I was familiar with the apprenticeship grant through the government when I went through my apprenticeship. Yeah. There was a women in constructions grant that doesn't exist anymore. Now it's the same as it has been um, for years previous. So other than that, and then there were some other um, grants that popped up once I started to try to like 
go through the apprenticeship hire process. It didn't work out because ended up not trusting the guy so much, which is, you know, I took some time to get to know. This him. was the employer? The, uh, this, was, this was one of my employees. Oh, okay. I was considering registering, so I was looking up and searching for grants, and I didn't come across um, this particular site, but I came across a different one. And the grants uh, were great, but only for a certain, you know, grouping of people, and I didn't have any interest in or from those grouping so it got a little bit difficult have you daniel looked into any other grants uh, the only one i know of is the, the apprenticeship one okay but that's that's because like that's i finished my apprenticeship like a year ago maybe there's it, a lot of there's a lot a of grants out there for the apprentices yeah this is probably the first one that's out there for the employer mm -hmm. which i mean is great Finally, you know, with inflation and with how difficult it is for all the employers right now to not only recruit to grow their business, but to even afford tools to afford PPE, anything, training, you know, any little bit helps. Um, so, What's the amount again? I don't think we've shared the amount just yet. Yeah, so it's up to $10,000 per apprentice and, up and it's two. two up until March of 2024. So we're hoping to get the project extended, but at this point, um, technically, uh, Employment Service Development Canada has decided that it's um, ending at that date. So hopefully we will get extended and hopefully we will be able to run it for another couple of years and we'll see what we can do. But right now, like we've been getting testimonial after testimonial from employers saying how great it is that they're getting help because without it they wouldn't have been able to take on apprentices in their business because they wouldn't have been able to pay them because they had to put the money towards something else so so for you guys running businesses how important is the apprentice and part of that apprentice program and getting that person onto your job sites or into your business is mentoring them like that's a lot of time spent as you as an employer to the employee, future employee possibly, mm -hmm. that um, you got to mentor them. You got to kind of train them, teach them, move them along. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you know, like, it causes there's different levels of it, but like, it's very personal to the brand mm -hmm. you've built, right? So, you know, if you're running a company like Reliance, you put your systems processes in play and the apprentice thing is not as personal as it would be for us sitting here. Um, you know, if you were to take somebody and train them, you got to put them out there under your reputation. So the, the labor burden on training somebody to the ability that you need them to be able to make money and, and withhold your reputation is, is no easy task, you know. Uh, sometimes you can hire people and get lucky because they're extremely talented and bright and they shine, like... And other times you get people who struggle. So it's, and typically within the trades, a lot of the people that direct towards the trades are people who often don't excel in school, right? So that, that kind of means that we need more education and more programs mm -hmm. for extra learning within the trades so they can develop that skill set. What tends to happen in my experience with apprentices that have come through expert plumbing is that when they go to school, they sit in a classroom of, what, 20, 30 guys. So, yeah. you know, you're not going to be the first person to put your hand up and say you don't know something, right? But if you can There's do... There's that fear. Of yeah. course. Like, and if you can do enough to get by, like, you know, but 
sometimes you can invest a lot in an apprentice to get them to their second or third year and say they find out that, oh, plumbing's not for me. I wonder what it's like to be an electrician. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? No, it's true. And th- th- there's that period of time where they're not exactly sure. They may be interested in this one trade, but they might be sure. interested in another one soon after, right? I look, like, to me, and I always tell the, the guys that come through and there's no hard feelings, like in my eyes like up until you're 30 years of age like realistically you got plenty of time to be a professional you don't have to have it figured out you can try different things and all the rest but for employers and without having a grant there's some type of system in play to help us educate those people it's a huge cost to the employer for you to give all that time and effort it is a lot of work i mean how is it for you julia when you were i mean did you have a mentor going up when you were getting started i did have an amazing mentor when i was uh getting through my apprenticeship um he took me under his wing and i don't think i would be where i i don't think i would have finished honestly without him just the way he he gave me a chance he gave me the opportunity to get on the wall and show my skills with the tools and not just be stuck behind a saw which i think would have made me cry if i had to do that every day for four years on it's just so miserable right so having him be that person for me was a life-changing experience and I'm very grateful for that. So that's what I want to be able to give back to somebody else and just be that, you know, guiding light to show them that they, they are capable, but this is a really hard job and you really have to want it to want to do this dirty, shitty work some days. It's not fun and it's, it can be fun, but most of the time, like it's, it's a rewarding experience. I'll but say. now you're being the mentor. So now I'm being the mentor and I've hired now two employees, one of which is more skilled on the tools. One of which is, you know, he's got the strength. He makes a great laborer. Um, but the, for the first year I was basically doing all the work and they were watching me. So I needed help. Like, okay, both go men? get me this, both men, both go men. get me this, go get me that. There was a lot of standing around on their part because they, I didn't have time to do the job and to show them what to do because it was just me. So now I guess, I don't know how it happened, but they watched me enough that they've, I've given them now more opportunities to learn. So I go, okay, go lay those couple bricks in and I'll come back around the corner and it looks like an absolute bomb. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck, like, what are you doing? Why does that, how is that okay for you to put into the, but I had to give them the chance to learn and that cost me money and I don't have a lot of money. So it was hard, but I'm glad I took the risk because now I can, I can leave him alone and he can do a good job. And these so guys, they've are, gotten better. they're gone bad. These okay. guys are learning. So okay. now we're getting to the point where, okay, I'm going to leave you on a job. I'm going to take on another apprentice, train them, do the same thing. That's the goal anyways. But I think based on your recommendation, I think I'm going to have to try to find somebody with a little bit more experience because that old way of working, it was too slow. It took a whole season. Too I many need, risks, I, need I guess. Too many risks, too much loss. Like, I need to, yeah, mobilize and get it done. And then, Daniel, did you have a mentor? You had a mentor, of course. <sighs> I mean, at near the end of my apprenticeship, I had, had Darren when I worked for Caracol. But, I mean, like, for most... I almost see quotes around Darren. Darren. <laughs> yeah, well, I spent so much time with him. <laughs> um, yeah, like, the first probably six years, six, five or six years of my career, I just kind of bounced around from company to company. I uh, didn't always found some reason to leave. Um, and then... What was I, the reason? Why, were you just testing waters? You wanted yeah. to see what other employers were like? Yeah, and I did a lot of a lot of different things. Like I started off working in Halliburton for a design build company, and they did, they did everything from like the ICF foundation to finishing the house. 
that, that was fun, but it was in Halliburton. So bit of a drive. Well, I lived up there when I when okay. I worked there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then when I when I came back to the city, I worked for a framing and siding contractor for three years. Uh, that was that was fun. Oh, yeah. Worked for a couple other framing companies. And then I ended up with Caracol for, I think, three years, maybe over three years. And they're the ones who finally signed me up, put me through the apprenticeship program. Uh, and then they finally finished it, took the test. They're still passed. doing it, aren't they? I think they're still doing it. I think there's one, one of my buddies still works there. I think he signed up. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, like, there's there are grants for them. They, they do get paid a little bit of the apprenticeship's wage, so it makes sense. To do it, um, how actually? How easy is the website to navigate for construction employers? For our website, yeah, to get this information because I know that you you talked about how that site now has it pretty simply laid out. Yeah, so right now we have the two websites. So um, we have the crew launcher apprenticeships, which is where you apply to the program, and then the apprentice connect is our toolkit. So that's the one that has kind of checklists and stuff that employers can print off when they're trying to figure out how to navigate recruiting and hiring and whatnot like that. But um, to navigate our incentives and trades, basically enroll now and you one can click. apply in five minutes. Yeah. It's, really? Yeah. Aaron, We've is been that, that easy? People. Yeah, yeah. We had no issues with it at all. It yeah. was pretty straightforward? Very straightforward. Yeah. Really? Yep. No the issues with the payments. Payments um, were fast. Too. Yeah, we just need basic information: your name, your business number. If you're the signing authority for your business, you'll sign a contract, and then once that contract is signed, then we tell you to register your apprentice with your ministry. And once you do that, we request your payment, and we release the money. Colleges and Institutes Canada, or CCAN, is here promoting the Career Launcher Apprenticeships Program. Investing in new talent can be a challenge, but the Career Launcher Apprenticeships team is here to help. They are providing financial incentives of up to $20,000 to small and medium-sized employers in the construction and manufacturer industries to help them offset the cost of hiring new apprentices. Funding is currently available for a max of up to two apprentices up to March 31st, 2024. Employers can allocate the funding for any purpose that supports the apprenticeship, including salaries, schooling, tools, etc., we are working hard to help bridge the gap in skilled trades and support business growth throughout the country. Visit them at www.careerlauncher.ca forward slash apprenticeships. You can also visit them at toolkits.collegesinstitutes.ca forward slash apprentice connect. Yep. I'd love to get your opinions on labor shortage in Canada. We know every other country in the world is having the same labor shortage of pretty much every single trade, except maybe painting. I'm just joking. I'm joking. But there is a labor shortage. We know it, right? So have you guys, I'm sure it's a conversation probably on a weekly, if not daily on the job site with other trades yeah. that you guys are discussing it. And if you guys have any insight on labor shortages in Canada. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like when I was in high school, they, they pretty much killed half of the shop programs. Uh, when I was in grade nine, they had like auto body, uh, auto electrical, carpentry, and then by the time I had gone through and I was in grade 12, all that was left was one auto shop and uh, woodworking. So they, wow. I know, they completely crushed it. I don't know. What year was this? What? How far? 
You got no gray in your beard. What year is this? I remember. Uh, that was probably 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah, around 10 years ago. So you didn't see any other kids basically pick up or want to pick up a hammer coming out of the school? Yeah. I mean, I was fortunate. Both both my wood shop class and then the auto shop class, they were really, really good teachers. So the, the wood shop one kind of pushed me towards wanting to be a carpenter, which is really, really good. Appreciate that. Um, when I was in high school, just like going off that topic, trades were not discussed. And if they were, it was discussed as a second option for the people that weren't smart enough to go to university. What was the first option? Become? What's that? Business? Yeah. Business communication? Yeah. Probably. Go and be, go get like a history degree and then you end up working at chapters or something like that. Like, I, I was, it was not discussed. There were no programs. There was woodworking, but it wasn't like pushed. Nothing about the trades was pushed at all. And then well, now being an instructor at the uh, Ontario Missionary Training Center, I, I can see that interest in people because masonry is, is a very accessible trade. You don't need a lot to get started. You don't actually have to have any kind of certification to be a bricklayer. People want to people try. They see all the brick talk, like the satisfying mortar laying videos on the internet, and they're like, yeah, I'm inspired. I want to I try it out. And then they get there, and they realize that it's a different ballgame than, you know. It's people, not easy. People make it look easy, right? So a lot of people that I'm seeing, um, I went through the pre-apprenticeship program at that school, so they get you started. Uh, they teach all the basics. They give you free tools. They, give you, uh, they get you set up with an, with an employer. And then... Um, you're signed up as an apprentice, boom, bam, done. Then the real work starts. Right. Then the real work starts, but people uh, people will start the program, take the free tools, and then kind of mm. you know leave out the back because they don't want to mm. like dedicate the time for it. So I, I think there's interest, um, but there's not enough people that want to see it to the, to the end, and that's a huge problem because we're just running out of options like we're running out of people so there's no no solutions guys like what what are we they need to they need to open it back up to the immigrants because you know if you think about it like you know how canada was built and immigrants yeah of course like so it's like you know how did we get locked into this system now where oh i'm you know like would you believe being from ireland that canada made me write an english speaking test Right, so they wouldn't. They, they don't recognize Ireland I as, can an, bel- as I an can't. E- like, I can't believe right? that. I know most people now can't understand me, but I am speaking oh, English. No, no, <laughs> <just> <laughs> English. <laughs> no, but seriously, yeah, yeah. They so, but when I came here, right, uh, I came as a qualified plumber. I would say our standard of education in plumbing in Ireland is higher than it is here, and I know that's going to offend a lot of people. Nope, but I would is, agree with you. You know, yeah, our schooling is longer. It's more intense, and it's mm-hmm. not an open book exam. So. Um, and the thing about it is, when I came here, uh, I came here in a, when Ireland went into a bad stage in 2012. Yeah. And the company that I worked for was huge, and they basically pulled out of Ireland. So when I came here, I brought my plumbing license with me, just like you have a plumbing license here. I handed in to the powers to be, and they said, oh, great, this isn't good enough. We need more documentation. Oh, okay, well, what's that look like? Well, you need to prove that you were a plumber. Well, that's my plumbing license. It kind of means that I am a plumber. And like my driving license, you would accept. No, no, you need a letter from your employer. You need to go back to the school. You need to bring all your documentation. Well, that was next to impossible. 
just to say like because the employer what, of course they, they 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 were gone they were like, gone gone yeah. like you know and then getting back in contact with the school two years later finally i was recognized as i had the hour the the hour criteria to mm-hmm. challenge the exam and then that was just a whole different thing of itself like because now we're dealing with different climates and different codes and sure i'm a plumber i can install the materials and the 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 uh, science is the same but different rules right and there's not many programs out there to take people from ireland or england or germany or wherever and get them into something that's efficient for them to learn and pass the plumbing exam are you guys seeing the same thing with immigrants wanting to come in here and there's a lot of hurdles in front of them so then they get a little deterred about getting into the trades i'm seeing a lot more um uh inclusion for Immigrants, especially at, like in the schools, uh, there's different programs set up for people that come here to try bricklaying. Like there's, there are this these pushes that are happening. Um, I just don't know how, like, to proceed with somebody that doesn't have a, you know, a permanent residency or a, somebody that's settled here, right? Because they haven't made any decisions yet. So how do you put your trust and your faith into somebody that you don't know is going to be staying around or? That's that. I think as an employer of a small business, that would be hard for me to move forward with uh, somebody like that. Okay. Sorry. No, no, Daniel. I was just like when I started in construction 15 years ago, I I saw a bunch of Irish of immigrants that were coming into Canada, and I was working with a bunch of Irish immigrants, and I was respectful of it because they had the work ethic. I just saw that it wasn't that I was dismissing Canadians or anything. That I just saw a mixed group of people from different cultures and it was more about it didn't matter to me where you came from it was did you have the interest and the passion and the skill of the trade like are you guys seeing that today i think a lot of a lot of the tradesmen i meet are immigrants i don't know if they're like they got their trade in their country and then came to canada or if they came to canada and then they're like i don't know what to do i'll be a plumber a carpenter electrician I'm not, I'm not really sure where, where they started, if, if they started that career, where they're from, or, or if they brought it, or if they got it here once they, once they got to Canada. Regarding the powers of B, who, what's the governing body? I'm just curious that actually signs off whether or not his plumbing license in Ireland is valid in a Canadian. Uh, so I believe it's skilled trades, but recently I was actually speaking with skilled trades. So my question to you would be, was it the colleges of trades that existed when that happened to you? Yeah. So what has recently happened, which is actually not something I've ever heard of in the government, but you know, uh, <laughs> basically the colleges of trades existed and it had many different levels. And so what's happening um, now with skilled trades Ontario is that they've decided to sort of it's um, a better word for cut the fat. So they've actually removed two levels of people and government to make it easier for immigrants to come in and apply and get approved. Right because before, as you said, there were so many different channels and so many different chains that people were never yeah. getting through the process. And so we have a new... Um, CEO, Registrar of Skills Trade Ontario, and she is really like pedal to the metal, making it 
easier for us to help bridge that gap by removing those challenges. So it is actually great that we have moved in this direction. When did that start or when did that change? Quite recently, actually, within the past, I think, year or two. With Instagram and stuff, you get a lot of traction now from across the world. And right now we're in motion of bringing over a a plumber from Nigeria. And sponsoring them? And sponsoring them, yeah. Now I've been, uh, we've been uh, friends now for the last two years. He reached out for a job and basically, you know, so I'm taking a big risk on sponsoring this kid and bringing him over. But I can tell you from in-house and myself that, you know, when you live, when you live your family and you live everybody you know and you step somewhere for a job you best believe that that's there you can't show more commitment to Mm -hmm. a job than that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like a lot of the guys that i know that have left their girls that have left the country and they have jobs like they're they're the perfect employees because they're people who like they bank on their employers like to, to carve the path for them and like they're putting a lot on the line for it like you know uh, unfortunately, a lot of the kids that I meet these days, they have very unrealistic expectations of what this industry is. You're and talking about Canadian kids. I, I, not to just say Canadians, but kids in general. Oh. <laughs> it's romanticized. Yeah. That's the problem, right? The trades are romanticized? Yes. So, for example, like I went to an event today that was called Level Up, and it had a ton of high school kids. And then it had a bunch of different trades that were there introducing bricklaying, introducing electrical, introducing welding. And it was fabulous. All these kids were so engaged. But again, you're watching these kids play in the sand nice and gently, you know, and then you're watching them put on their harnesses. This is so cool. But none of it, it really shows the knit and the grit and the work ethic you have to have to go into the trades, stay in the trades, you know, it, it is it just, difficult to ask the kids to spend a day on one of their job sites? Well, they have take your kid to, to work day, which is great. But if you don't have a parent or a relative that is on a job site, but yeah, that would be intriguing. Because then they, they get, would get an idea of their mm-hmm. your day-to-day, right? Yeah. You, mm-hmm. They would see how you start the day, yeah. a project yeah. that's going on, currently we, finishing. We did well with a co-op student. Like, it worked out very well. We had a co-op student, uh, Nathaniel. He came in from a school in Milton. And, you know, like he was at a stage in his life where he it's both his parents work for the bank, you know. So he was like, you know, will I head this direction or will I go into the trades? His grandfather was in the trades. So the school called us up, say we take this guy. I never took um, a co-op student before. And by the end of his uh, by the end of it, what he did was we had a strategy for him to go back get his gas license so he starts on a gas course in january he'll do that for a year and a bit and then we will hire him after that so worked out really well like it was it was good to have him and what's the time limit for you as employers from getting an employee brand new apprentice to the time that like you said and i agree with you you make money off of that person what's that time limit you guys figure I don't think I'm the right person to ask that. No. Given <laughs> that I mean, it's just me and myself and I. Okay. Just based on my experience, it, it took it took a year to be able to to realize that to there's, realize that there's this guy profitability has, behind this yes, person. Yes, that I could leave him and be working at a job, and he is doing another job for me on his own, and I can be comfortable showing up there that it's not going to be a disaster. 
And I think that's a pretty good timeline because our our, uh, our apprenticeship is one of the shortest. It's only 5,600 hours. It's three years. So in comparison to, you know, a plumbing apprentice, like it's peanuts, right? So, yeah, I mean, if you're not getting it by the, the first year. But the problem with a lot of these bricklaying companies, especially the bigger ones, you're not even touching a trial for the first year. Yeah. So. You're mud. That's yeah. That's it is. You're mud and you're, you're cutting stuff up and that's about it, right? So. I think if you have the potential to show that you are interested and you have a finesse and you can see, you have the eye like it's like this you either have it or you don't and I feel like if within that year like you're going to find out But really you quick. as employers have to juggle so much mm. to assess this individual to figure out if they are going to stay longevity wise and if they have the skills to begin with can they absorb the knowledge will they be in this game for a long period of time or are they just in here temporarily like what I've noticed from especially the younger guys, and it was the same for myself, a big question for a lot of people is how much of your craft will you put in when you're not getting paid, right? Mm. So, like, how much are you willing to learn off the books? And, like, we... we is it there? Are it, they it, willing to learn and it, do the homework? No, they're not, right? Well, it depends. Well, how young are you, Julia? I'm 28. Okay, so you're part of this group. I'm yeah. just going to say that... I, yeah. I And I, I, it's not that I revel in it. I, I Just because you are seeing it through that generation's mm -hmm. eyes, right? And how old are you, Aaron? 47. 10 30, years. And then Daniel? 27. So both of you guys, right, yeah. are kind of speaking to your generation, getting into this industry. You're one generation away from this, this yeah, generation. Yeah, I caught the end of the old school. I can call you a millennial. I can call you Gen X or whatever. You're the <laughs> yeah, old, there's whatever. so many names for it now. I don't even know what I am. But it's, you guys are all seeing it. It's different yeah. than a guy like me. I sure. see it and I say it. Then I'm just a crazy old kook, right? So. I, well, I, I give <laughs> mental health days to the guys because, like, you know, like, because the, the, the pressure now is so hard. And you would know from back when you did it, like, I, I can tell you stories. Like, you'd be arrested for them now, like, yeah. for stuff that happened. It, it was it was bullying. And now you're was, promoted. It was Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, seriously, like, honest to God, it, it was terrible. Like, when I was an apprentice, it was it was a really tough time, like, you know. But And I and I don't condone, like, a lot of that no. behavior that no. happened. It kind of sucks. But I do offer mental health days to the guys because it, it can become so tough. And, they, you know, with the pressure weighing down on you that sometimes you just kind of need to make a call and say like you know i'm having a bad day rather so than you know like coming in and messing up your i have a question for you i know you went through a hard time as an apprentice you know, even 10 years ago th times have changed so much even though you wouldn't condone the behavior do you think the way that you were treated correlates with who you are today as yeah. as a journey person yeah I think we, you know, we've kind of gone to this point where we don't know what to say. I especially don't sometimes. I sugarcoat things and I try to be as nice as possible because I literally just want you to show up tomorrow. So, um, yeah, like it's it's one of those things you have to like, how do you find that sweet spot, I guess? I, Tough I, love. I, from what, from the, only, the way I've been able to develop a team fast, I think I'm growing pretty fast in the industry mm -hmm. was like, because we're putting so much into education like i have an educator that that teaches within expert plumbing mm -hmm. and i can tell you here and now like the guys that weren't interested in it didn't last because i had no there wasn't really any space for them to grow within the team yeah. like if you can take three hours out of a morning or show up early and be willing to sit in a class that i'm paying for and take your time to sit in that class and excel there's not really like you're it's not the I'm, you, 
don't belong on my team, so to speak. It's not what I'm looking do, for. Do the kids like the apprentices? Do they are they just as interested in the business side of your business as much as the skill side of the business? No, nobody in construction is into the business no. side of the business. business side. I don't yeah. even know what I'm they doing. Are they yeah. business? No. No. I have no idea. Same, right? But you guys all had to learn that too, and I guess you learned it through the hard way. On the fly. On the fly yeah. and, and business coaching is how mm. I learned it because it gets to the stage where on the fly will bankrupt you. Did you look at it, Aaron, like, here's a hole in my business. I need to fix it. I need to figure out how to make 100%, this hole better. Like, it, but remember I was saying at the start I had a business partner and, and uh, he, he runs a couple of different businesses. And at one stage he basically said to me, it's like, Aaron, either get off the tills and get into the office yeah. or just stay away and stay on the tills. Like, are you a businessman growing a business, a plumbing business? Or are you a plumber who wants to plumb and have people to watch him? Like, pick one. Like, Am I wrong to say that hiring an apprentice is part of the business? So the business person of the business should be handling that? Yeah, because like with apprentices, I think you need a strategy. A lot of the guys are saying, a lot of the people out there are saying, oh, I can't find people. Well, the problem is, is now that it's becomes, it's become an employee's market. So they're only going to mm -hmm. go to the best places. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage all the employers out there to consider what can you do for their career? And, and don't judge a guy as worth that he might live. Like, everyone's entitled to live. We're tradespeople. That's what we do. But the value is in the growth of that person. Even if I had a guy and I could say to him, I can offer you a fantastic career. There's one thing I can guarantee you. You'll be paid well, treated fair. And at the end of this, you will have something that you can take for the rest of your life. It won't be just my ability. It will be beyond my ability. That's why I believe in hiring an educator because I can only show them what I know. You guys agree with that? Yeah. yeah. It's very smart. Yeah. Which is kind of attracting new talent. And now that I have the new talent, I put them into a pre-apprentice program and I ask them, like, what job do you want? You want to be a roughing guy? You're a Finnish guy? You're a service guy? Like, what is it? And then that's the strategy. We put that guy- You in. find their strengths. Yeah, of course. And then we put them on a course. You want to learn how to rough in. Great. In two months' time, I'll take an apprentice right into rough in stage. I Do most apprentices want to become you guys far quickly, far, far faster than you guys ever want to become you guys? You know what I mean by that? Yeah. yeah. They, they want to operate your business mm. a lot sooner than it took you guys to basically get to your business. Yeah, I think... I think People our age and, and the generation even younger, they they just you know they want they just they just want to whatever they want what they want like immediately they don't want to spend any time learning. But there's value in learning the business and the skill. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and that's something I definitely fell victim to myself is I wanted it all right away. But how long did it take you to get to a point where you felt I'm ready to start hiring and now I'm the person? Took the length of time that the government allotted me to learn the trade. Really, Otherwise, I, you would have. I yeah, I felt really ready after I had written that Red Seal test. I I felt very confident in myself. So I think that speaks volumes to the the, the training and the educating system. Like it is set out there for a reason, and um, it's working for in that aspect. I feel like here in Canada. I think I, I think pretty much the same thing. I as soon as I like, I was unsure, and then I wrote the test, and I passed it, and I went, oh, okay, may, maybe I know what I'm doing. Maybe I can do this, and then I did six months later. Yeah. So what's going to happen? Because I think in the next decade, it's an interesting mm -hmm. point in Canada, especially with tradespeople in the industry, 
There's a huge amount of older tradespeople that are not going to be here. Like whether they pass on or they've retired and there's going to be a massive gap. Like, are you guys preparing <clears throat> for that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I mean to scare everybody, but I'm just... <laughs> based on my experience, everybody that I've worked with, oh, well, almost everybody, I would say 80% of the people are 50 plus. Yeah, that's right? what I mean. So another like, decade, a decade and a half. They're gone. They're gone. So, but there's not enough people coming in to replace them, right? So you're going to be losing... Will the like work in the construction of the industry workforce? suffer for it? Like, 100%. will we be getting bad tradespeople? The people that have the 30 years experience are now gone. So you're left with the people that have 10 and 15 and 20, which is awesome. But we don't. there's not enough of those people to train the people that are coming in. I agree with you guys that it takes a certain amount of time to make that apprentice profitable. They need to get their bumps and bruises, right? But how do we tell them not to go fast and slow down and learn so they can have longevity in the industry? I think like from a company standpoint, like you, you know, like w when you strategize to grow as a company, like you have to have your core values, you have to, you know, constantly be engaging with your employees. Like, you know, what makes it very difficult to step from a plumber to a guy who has to now hire guys, motivate guys, you know, make sure I can keep them around. It's that, like, that's what they're really looking for. Like, they're, they're looking, you know, to be under, like, a brand or something that they can believe in, like, a way that, you know, is um, encouraging to them. Like, you know what I mean? It's very hard to say to a guy, do it as I tell you to do it. And then he turns around and he goes, but this guy on Instagram has, like, 80,000 followers. Like, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck do you know? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and he said, do it like this. Look, here. Like, and you're like, shut up, I'm paying you. Like, <laughs> but that's the world we live in. Like, you know what I mean. And that's the hard part, right? You have yeah. them consistently questioning you. Oh yeah. Because there's so much information out there that they could utilize and put in your face. But um, kind of like you said, building that brand and having them respect that brand and having them be proud to be part of it, I think, is part of the mentorship. Yes, mentorship. Right. So. Yeah. You're helping them grow with your business instead of forcing them to do anything. Yeah. Colleges and Institutes Canada, or CCAN, is here promoting the Career Launcher Apprenticeships Program. Investing in new talent can be a challenge, but the Career Launcher Apprenticeships team is here to help. They are providing financial incentives of up to $20,000 to small and medium-sized employers in the construction and manufacturer industries to help them offset the cost of hiring new apprentices. Funding is currently available for a max of up to two apprentices up to March 31st, 2024. Employers can allocate the funding for any purpose that supports the apprenticeship, including salaries, schooling, tools, etc. We are working hard to help bridge the gap in skilled trades and support business growth throughout the country. Visit them at www.careerlauncher.ca forward slash apprenticeships. You can also visit them at toolkits.collegesinstitutes.ca forward slash apprentice connect. Are there things that you guys are doing that um, are not government related? Are you guys coming up with your own ways of attracting more people into the industry? Are you guys just like, hands up, I'm going to do it this way. Are there things that you guys are doing? I'm trying to push the social media thing. It is the it, real version of social media, not the filter the version. The real version of social media with a slight filter, right? Because I'm not showing, I'm not showcasing all of my mistakes because it doesn't look good. It doesn't like, 
get you views. But unfortunately, it's the world we live in where that's uh, like that's where a lot of people's attention are is like how much time are people spending on their phones every day just scrolling through Instagram. They're not looking through websites. They're not searching on Google. They're searching on TikTok, and that's where they're finding most of their information now. So I feel like playing to that side of the market is super smart if you're trying to build even just – I'm not even my business, which I do get a lot of business through Instagram, so it seems to be working, but just the interest alone is, is definitely helpful. When just as much when hiring, looking for new – I think so, yeah, yeah, for sure. The amount of people I get, you know, saying – I, I want to be a bricklayer. Can you tell me a little bit about this? Like, it's it feels very inspiring to me. So I'm glad it's working and for the right reasons. Are you seeing the same, Daniel? I don't post that much on social media, which I try to stay off it. Um, Good. Smart. I know. You fall down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. of, of just scrolling, and, yeah. and it wastes really good but time. But if your potential employees, apprentices are out there, and they're on there, yeah. they're obviously on there. Yeah. How do you connect with them? How do you speak to them? What other ideas have you been talking with other tradespeople about? I think, you, like, you could probably, I would definitely start with the uh, the co-op program, right? Like, go go back to your old high school, the high school you went into. Oh, you yeah, and everything? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did not go through oh, yeah. But, okay. Um, yeah, like, I think I think that would be a good way to just go back to your, go back to the schools, like, especially the school you went to, because you might still have teachers that work there. And you could, you know, even talk to the kids and say, like, you know, it might seem like hard work now, but it's a very rewarding career. You you create something tangible. Uh, it's it might be hard on your body sometimes, but it, it's a really enjoyable career. Just as hard on your mind. Mm-hmm. Would it be better to just be honest with the next generation of tradespeople and just let 100%. them know that this is what it's really all about? Hundred percent. Like, it's Canada. We work in construction. We work in winters. We work in rain. We work in cold, hot. Is is it not better to just be honest? That's the ultimate goal for me. To be totally truthful. Totally truthful. I I still enjoy what I do. I love what I do. Except for the winter. I'm demented, though. Like, crazy. You gotta be. Winter is not. What? Shoveling plywood? (laughs) 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 Try trying to work with uh, without gloves on because you know gloves completely. Yeah, you're not a you're not a real trans person if you wear gloves. That's what my (laughs) that's what my grandpa told me. He's like, you're gonna be a bricklayer. You're not gonna you're not a real bricklayer if you wear gloves. (laughs) And I didn't. And now my hands look like this. (laughs) And now I wear gloves. Thanks, Grandpa. <laughs> Do you guys, now that you guys are em, like employers, are you guys retraining yourselves and seeing the value in retraining yourselves? Yes. Oh yeah, Every all day. the time, right? Mm-hmm. All the yeah, it's you pay. The government money. has more retraining programs, or are they offering retraining programs? The only one that I've seen is for I think automotive that there's a there's a new incentive for retraining. But you were also mentioning, I believe the. Uh, C-O-J-G? Yeah, sorry, COJG, yeah. So that's the Ontario, oh, sorry, Canada Ontario job grant. Uh, we've recently paired up with them, and I think we're funded through the YMCA, if I'm correct. Um, and we're running a uh, hydronics program, um, three three stages. Um, it's with a guy who worked for Mohawk College, Warren Hyatt. Uh, he was a professor there for many years, and. Um, you know, he's well known in the hydronics industry. So basically, we were looking to further educate plumbers. That industry is somewhat crossover into HVAC, and it's also really an unregulated industry. And due to that, like, there's a lot of problems there. So we found um, a, a way to get funded to help 
plumbers go on the the program to learn how to um, get installed in hydronics, you know, which will allow plumbing companies to, you know, get some guys trained up and get involved in that industry. Can I make a suggestion what I think the government might want to do or consider? Don't work for the government. <laughs> I know, I, I know, I'm just saying that you all... <laughs> we can suggest it until the cows say, come I want to suggest home. something. listening, government. Wouldn't it... Like, <laughs> they probably will at some point. Um, I'm just... Wouldn't it be interesting if the government paid for tradespeople like these individuals and other people that have been on the show to bring an apprentice with them or maybe three, we go to the one to three ratio, whatever, what have you, to build a house funded so, by the government? Do you know what's crazy? So I know here at some of the colleges when they do their apprenticeships, they build a shed and then all the trades participate oh. and then they turn it down. <laughs> Saskatchewan is doing it where the they, where they built the first passive house. They build tiny homes. The apprentices build crazy. tiny homes and then they donate them to an indigenous community who needs housing. I think it's a great idea. Brilliant idea. Bring it through nationwide. Bring all these trades in. Bring Do it every province. Together. Do it every territory. Yeah. It I'm, should be I'm everywhere. on board with that. And yeah. I'm sure that a lot That's of businesses awesome. would be on board with You're that. You're talking about a housing crisis. Like, what I'm, better way to utilize? Be, I think it'd be very interesting if they did that. I don't think it'd be terribly expensive to do it. And I think that you would have an, so a large number of tradespeople more than willing to want to be a part of think of the donations they could get from the bigger companies who want to have their names on board with something like that. Yeah. Think about the sponsorship opportunities. Just a thought. I don't know. I'm just an idea guy. I don't do it. Yeah. You guys do it. That's all. So are we, are we dealing with a different kind of construction workforce with diversity and inclusion in yeah. today's market? You guys see it? I have. Yeah, you, you we have it. a pretty diverse team. Right? Yeah. So I have three Indian kids on the team. So, yeah, they're awesome too. Like, it's like, dude. They're actually like they're sponges. Yeah, like, yeah. Next level. Like one of the one of the guys that started, um, you know, he he started. I think he was a security guard when he started. So we, we signed him up. Like he he was new, like very new, and within two on his first term of college, where in house teaching, when he went to school, they actually waved him to the final. They they said to him like it's like you know enough to challenge the exam like do you not do you have the hours he says no no i don't have the hours so they said if you're willing to just go get your hours you can just come back and write you can skip the schooling so he went from beginner to advanced he didn't want to skip advanced his advanced now was in january or february and yeah like he just shined like that's the guy that went that got his backflow his gas license wow. his gas, all in two years this 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 kid He's 19, I think, or 20 years of age. He's living in Canada now, maybe two years. He's still not a PR, right? And he's more qualified than 90% of the plumbers I know. Wow. Even he's more How did qualified you find than him? me. He just called me out of blue one day. He said Through I was social the, media? Yeah, he literally said I was the only white guy that didn't hang up the phone on him. His words. Wow. <laughs> His <laughs> words, like, yeah. <laughs> Are you guys seeing the same? think so yeah yeah I mean, definitely like through um like the government there was a little bit of that push right but there are huge pushes like through the school just to be able to get any you know women in which i think is amazing um getting women to stay especially through i think there needs to be some changes in these companies for 
um, like mat leave and stuff like that. Like it, it, it's not. It's not, it's not built in. It's not solidified. Yeah. There's no there's no clear pathway. Yeah. So I feel, and even like being pregnant, I can't be around any of that dust. Material. Material, anything. any of it. It's all full of silica, right? So it's it's a total. So I would have to take the total nine months of the pregnancy. Let's say I'm not planning on it anytime soon, but. Is it news or something? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's for the wife. That's not for me. Um, so. Uh, nine months total for that, and then you know the next year or whatever, right? That's a huge time to be away from an employer. Is, how, are yeah. you, how are you supposed to uh, pay the bills, or even like, or is that employer going to take you back after that? So I think there needs to be some kind of some kind of plan worked in to, especially for there's a push in women that are older. It doesn't have to be right out of high school, like mm-hmm. people in their thirties, forties. Like these are that's the prime age that people mm-hmm. are going to start wanting to start families, right? So. Same with childcare, right? Yeah, childcare. Like the, the hours that they'll allow you to keep your kid at, yeah. at the daycares are not allocated with no the trades hours. It is not. It is man's world in that sense. I will say, in some degrees, still James Brown. Yeah, but it's getting better. Um, any thoughts on streamlining all of this that you guys could share? I mean, other than challenging, mm-hmm. getting test done is there other things that we could possibly suggest to streamline to get these kids kind of into the industry they can start right out of high school that is the best possible option what's the minimum age nowadays like before they can get on a job site is it 16 16 16 right yeah i mean lately i've been hearing a lot of them getting in around 18 19 you got to get the parents on board right Mm -hmm. that's a big that's a big point right very good point so yeah as soon as you get them on board then you're in a better spot to recruit. So that's why these these events where you have all the high school kids are so important. You bring your parents, you kind of get that feel that like trades are extremely challenging, not only physically, but mentally. The math that you need to know for electrical, for plumbing, for many different trades is high level math. So to say that it's somebody who has to come out at a low level in school is, is Completely false. Don't, don't ever ask me to read it, Bricklayer's measuring tape. I will mess I was going to say, you left Bricklayer out of that. I'm so <laughs> smart. <laughs> smart grouping <laughs> of people. No, uh, I've been, I do a lot of those trade shows. Yeah. I was supposed to be at that one today, but I'm here instead because Thank I love you, you guys. Um, but I spend just as much time talking to the parents as I do to the students that are there because yeah. the students are way more interested in laying the mortar down because we have we do displays like right yeah. you said we build little yeah. piers and they get to like lay a brick the parents are coming by and i'm like this is this is how it works i'm truthfully honest like this is the plan this is how fast it can be and this is how much money your your son or daughter could potentially be making in the next three years coming out of trade school at 21 and with no with zero debt to you sir like or, or ma'am or whoever's paying for this kid's education right like and instead I, of a Bachelor of Arts degree yeah. where they're just going to go yeah. and do nothing with it. I didn't have any money out of high school to pay for university. And my parents were in that grouping where they made too much to apply for any kind of uh, government funding for that. So I was stuck in a very niche niche place. And I think a lot of other kids are too. So, so why did you guys, all three of you, decide on your trade? And was it supportive by your parents? Oh, yeah. I, me, me and my best friend growing up. We used to just, my parents just, they gave us a drill, a handsaw, 
and we'd go walk around the neighborhood to construction sites, grab, go dumpster diving, grab some lumber, <laughs> bring it back. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So my, my parents, my parents supported it. I guess they realized at a pretty young age that university might not work for me, and so they're just like, "He's good at this." Like, it would, so they they just gave me a nudge. They said, "You know, as long as we don't care what you do." They wanted me to go to school, so they were adamant that I did the apprenticeship because at the beginning I was like, "I don't even need it." It's a uh, not a compulsory trade like I, I don't need my red seal to do this and they're like just just do it like education's not so wasted. they pushed you more for the red seal than you push yourself at first e- even even st- still through oh to, yeah really through to finishing it i even like finishing my last year i was like ah, like i don't want i don't want to do it and they're like just like just do it it's but are you glad that you did it oh so glad yeah okay yeah it's it's doing this schooling has given me a lot more confidence in my ability okay um but yeah they just you know, they saw what I was good at, and, and instead of just being like, oh, you need to go to school, go to college, do something, they were like, okay, you're obviously good at this, so they just pushed me in the right direction, I guess. I wish parents wouldn't say that university or college is just not for my child. Yeah. Instead, of, I'd rather they say those career options are not for my child, but a trade is yeah. a great career option for my child. Yeah. I would rather them reword it that way. Because it implies that it's a fallback and that you can only do anything else. And I'm like, I've always been an advocate saying that trades is a career. It's not a job. Yeah. That's just the mindset, right? Yeah. And they're both proud of what I did, too. And they're, they're both, like, they both went to university. Um, and they're still, they're happy I'm a carpenter. They're, like, I'm happy with what I do. So, obviously, mom and dad are happy. But yeah, that's, started at a really young age. Julia? Yeah, so my parents both come from a medical background. They both have master's degrees. They spend a lot of time in school, high-educated high people. Um, I feel like because of what I went through in those formative years, I had a lot of, like, mental health issues, addiction issues. I went through a really hard path, and they knew that coming out of high school, if I'd even graduate, we didn't really know what the plan was, basically, but... My mom, you know, she sat me down. She's like, why not a trade? Because I had absolutely no idea or any motivation. You were the kid. She was like, you were the kid in the backyard cutting snow blocks to make (laughs) igloos when it was minus 30. Like, you just wanted to do things with your hands. So your parents know you best. They spend every day watching you grow and learning that things that you're good at. And, you know, they were super supportive. But the one defining factor I wanted, I picked bricklaying and my mom wasn't convinced. She's like, it's too hard. You're a girl, blah, blah, blah. I took her to an information setting, uh, um, information session at the school. And she needed somebody that was experienced talking about what they did and what they loved. Then she was convinced and she was all for it. She bought me the little shitty beater that I used to get to school and then, you know, deliver pizzas on the days I wasn't there to pay my way through. And it did take someone other than me saying it, right? You need that voice behind with that experience and that, like, the passion um, to push these parents into that, okay, let's let's go, let's do this. Aaron? Uh, a bit different for me. Um, I, I emigrated to Canada because of my past, essentially. I grew up a single mother, haven't had a father in my life. Um, being a bit difficult getting into the trade when you don't have much support, mm. especially when you enter into a trade where people have, you know, third generation, second generation. Yeah. 
Uh, most of the guys now that I'm more familiar with these days are second and short generation plumbers. That just goes to show how far I've come within the trade to, you know, I always am happy when I'm, you know, talking to guys that are second generation and I know what they're talking about, <laughs> like, you mm. know. But uh, I remember going to school and stuff like that being really difficult. But um, for me, what it was when I got into the trades and not growing up with a father was I found father figures within the trades, you know. I, I Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, you know, like earlier we were talking about the age gap. Uh, sometimes that's a good thing. Like my mentors have been from people 30 years older than me. Even now with the team that I have, like I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in. Uh, big shout out to Mike Cox and, uh, you know, like Mike has been in the industry for maybe 30 years or so. And, you know, I, I wouldn't have the growth I have without having the experience of experienced people around me. That's How did you find him? Uh, I used to work for Mike uh, okay. when I first came to Canada. So he gave me an opportunity and then things came full circle and we ended up teaming up couple of years later and you know having somebody on my team that's you know understands the industry has been doing it here for for many years has obviously allowed me to bring guys in on the team that are not just working under a 30 odd year old Irish plumber that's like that's the challenge that you have too it's like you know um, and I, and I think that's a, a, a big kind of problem within the industry is that when it's done well yeah, you can make a fortune. Like there's, there's, that's obvious. Like we see that. But, but when it goes wrong, when it goes wrong, it leads to you know divorce, alcoholism, drugs, and there's a lot of that too, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like I I see where parents may be afraid, and and again that encourages employers in the industry. It's like to you know break that stigma and like do better in the sense of know setting up rsb contributions making sure that like your guys have a plan like the team has a a, a forward plan and it's mm -hmm. not just work till your elbows don't work and then don't work no more <laughs> like you know no it's a perishable career right but do you guys consider all three of you guys do you guys consider yourself success a successful tradesperson yeah i think so what's your definition of success ah uh. That's a good question. <laughs> I mean, you're, 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 whatever, you're going to work every day, I guess, right? P people want you to work for them, right? Because you, you could be a, a tradesperson, be, be a shitty tradesperson. Of course. We see it all the we time. We see it all the time. Uh, you know, I get, like, you know, people call, compliment you on your work. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have an employees, but, like, you know, if, uh, for you guys, like, you know, someone, one of the homeowners go, oh, wow, like, your employees did a fantastic job. Like, the work looks great. They left. The job site was clean. Um, it means a lot. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, it says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's very gratifying. Career. It says to the other tradespeople that are on site, but it also says it to the client, the homeowner, GC, if you're working with them. Mm -hmm. It says a lot at that point, right? Yeah. But you guys are conscious of that. How do you guys define success in your business? I, I had go certain goals for myself, like, throughout my life. Um, and when I got my red seal, I feel like I, I hit that, that goal, that first major triumph. So I'm trying to set new ones for myself and to be successful. But touching on what you said, that every day that I can get some kind of compliment from the homeowner, just, like, our, just being happy, like, you guys left this site so clean. Here's, like, a sandwich. They went out the other day and they bought me and the guys sandwiches. Like, 
just because they were the just week? so happy, right? <laughs> One day job, <laughs> quick and dirty job. But like, it, you know, those kind of things for me being so new is they it, speak. It yeah. is a big, yeah, it's a big uh, green light. Um, you're still working on it. it feel, I, I, I feel like I, you're yeah, still working to, on to it. To me, like, I, I can't, it's, far, it's hard to measure success because, you know, for me as a plumber, like, to be the plumber that I want to be, I have so much of the road ahead of me. Um, but at the moment where I most measure my success will be as a team leader, right? It's, it's the, now I educate myself more in my mental uh, capabilities, my team leadership skills, and you know, systemizing and processing the company in a way that works very easy for the people that come in. So, you know, what works, what doesn't work, what what operating procedures we're using, what software we're using. But these are all things that you never did when you started. No, never. Like because None of that. The, because like you're saying there is the, the gratitude of like, that's the part that I love. Like I was able to grow my business because, oh, it's Aaron. Like he's the guy who'll do a good job. Call him. His phone's always on. Like he guarantees that level of, it's like, that's how we all got in, right? Because we can, we can achieve that. But now it's like, now how do you teach that? And mm -hmm. now how do you mm -hmm. get people to do it for you, right? How do you teach integrity? I think is like. You can't. You can't. It's there. It's not. The, yes. the, those are you, what you have to do is you have to be able to basically see who ha that that's what it becomes it's like mm -hmm. how long as an employer do you spend like getting it wrong and knowing to change and if you have systems in play even like a hiring process for people you can turn around quicker and not what happens a lot of the time is say you get somebody i've i've had a guy that came in and he was great till he wasn't great, but when he wasn't great, like it cost me a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Like it was like thirty thousand dollars. This guy left in damage. Like he's just on his exit in week while I was in Ireland with my grandmother dying. Like it's like, but <laughs> you know what I mean. And and after that, like and many people I know are like, well, fuck that. I'm not hiring anybody. Else. Why would I want to hire a clown like that? It leaves a bad taste. In of course, it. It of course does. it does. And, right? and then it becomes very difficult to see the next person and treat them. Like what you have to do is know how not to let that happen to you again as an employer, and not to say that they're all going to do it or they're all the no, same. No, no, or, no, no. Of course right? not. And that's difficult because you, that, that's a mental challenge for you to be able to have the confidence in yourself to overcome things like that, right? But isn't it fair to say that in construction there are ups and downs? You guys just weather those storms. That's just how construction is. That if it's not just in Canada, it's in the U.S., it's in everywhere. Like you gotta kind of weather those storms, right? I'd say it's one of the hardest industries to be profitable within, and I, I would say most people don't understand the profit percentages within this industry. And yeah, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of putting out fires, you know. Um, have you worked on commercial? Daniel? A little bit. A little bit, right? When I worked with CH. Worked but you guys CH. have all been on commercial, right? Yeah, I did my whole apprenticeship in ICI. That's what I figured, yeah. right? So, like, is there a preference between commercial and, and custom resi? I'm loving the, the customer. The custom? Yeah. like Same? Yeah, I, I love the custom. custom We're doing massive custom projects. Yeah, that's yeah. the majority of my work. Is it easier for an apprentice to pick up their skills on a custom resi versus a commercial? No, probably on commercial. On a commercial? Yeah. Well, that's for your trade. Well, specific. well, commercial will be more professional, usually, in my experience. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. More project coordination, more planned. 
you know, yes. re resi, like, you know, some of the contractors that are doing resi out there, it's, I don't even know, you know. Like yeah. Stevie Wonder construction. It's, it's like crazy. That, right? Like, yeah, I'm seeing developers, custom home builders, like, it's just stuff that you wouldn't believe can happen, like, happening, like, you know. You guys feel the same way? It's, it's pretty funny when you, when you see something coming and you warn the GC and they ignore it, and then all of a sudden you're fixing it, and they're like, how did this happen? You're like, I, I told you two weeks ago this was going to happen, and here we are two weeks later. Yeah, like, we've, we, like it's gotten so bad. Not that it's gotten so bad, but it's like, you, you know, it's understanding your client and understanding the avatar. So we've put systems into play for checklists for custom homes that we can basically present to the contractor and have them sign off on it just for a level of accountability at the end of the job that the finger can't be pointed right and especially with extras extras is is is, oh, is, is a tough one because is it is it worth doing that same accountability checklist for the apprentice so then like your situation that you were away and someone was left here is it worth doing that or is that a little too much hand-holding no i do i have to do that you have to do it right tornado yeah I will have to call five times a day and go over the, the, the responsibilities of the day and the checklist of what you need to do. What's the job again? Okay. And tell me what you're doing. Okay. And you're going to clean up this. Okay. And you're going to blow it down and you're going to hose it down and you're going to do this. And then I call back in two hours and I say, okay, what's the plan? What are we doing? And like, just like, it is a lot of handholding, but I don't feel comfortable leaving it. I, I feel like I just, I'm at the point where it's just, I need to control everything. But I, I feel like it comes with time. Like you will get over that feeling eventually. Are you doing that because of the risk of losing profit in your business? Yes. That's the primary reason. Or losing um, an employee. Mm. The guy, you know, he's working for me and I'm, he, I said, watch out for the ba massive power line. Right. And he, he was like, I got there later in the day. And he's like, oh, I was hitting that with the ladder all day long. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I told, that's really stupid. Like, <laughs> but those are the things you think I said it already and I warned him it was there and he said, oh yeah, okay. But it's, it's just like. In one ear, out the other. Yeah. Well, safety is a big concern, it's a huge, right? Yeah, it's a huge it is. thing. I just want people to go home at the end of the day. Of course, everybody. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I was just trying to get an idea if, if the commercial or the custom would be better. I could totally see it for the top three trades, which are cool. HVAC and plumbing and electrical. Yeah. They can get a lot mm -hmm. and, but they could also be taught a lot of negative things too yeah uh, in the custom end of things like there's a lot on the line with the client mm. and in my experience it's um you know it's like dealing with the builder and dealing with the client sometimes the client can push too much on the builder and get in the way of mm. you know the process and you know your estimate lies with the builder and then the client shows up and things are being changed and it's you know, that can be difficult like i run a profit and loss on all of my jobs what that allows me to do is review a job because with team building and promising a future to the guys, like I say to them, what, what, what do you want to do as a plumber? Like, what do you think a plumber earns? Well, I know a plumber earns 150 grand a year. Well, woo, hey, hell, like, could you, where's that <laughs> Why job? Why is the conversation Can I get that always job? about, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's always about the money. Is that what it is? It's, it's always about the money. It's yeah. always, always about, about the money. Now I'm yes. okay about the money, but let's have a strategy to get there. Let me show you how in an industry but where... But how much money have you guys all, including myself, lost? You lose money in this business too. Mm -hmm. 
it's part of the process, right? And you, you learn that lesson, you take it to the next one. Yeah. Seeing the loss sometimes is like, why am I doing this? Like, why don't I just go back to the union and make still a great wage? But I'd be miserable, right? So for some reason, we, we want to do this for ourselves and be able to lead other people. And I think that speaks volumes, yeah. And you must learn a lot from those losses, right? Oh, yeah. you learn a lot. So, yeah. It's the biggest growth, right? right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the thing I'd say about being self-employed is the journey of self-growth more than anything. It's not, I think as you become uh, self-employed, you're going to learn very fast that it's not about financial growth and it's about growth within, right? And the financials will typically follow the person who has the systems and everything else in play. You know, it's it's like something that you can't cheat, and if you do, it's probably going to be temporary, you know, mm. which has a lot of people itching to get out there and make some good money until you're not, like, you know. What's more value, making some good money or building a strong construction business? Building a strong business that lasts. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, 100% agree. Is your objective, all you guys, to hand it down to a possibly an, a, an apprentice that you're going to be hiring one day that's going to possibly take 100%. over? I encourage That's the all. focus, right? 100%. If you can bring in the contracts, if you can get the job going, and if you can step to the table and put it to me and say, hey, Aaron, I feel that, you know, I'm in this position and this is what my requirement is to go forward, I say, well, let's grow. Because you're game for it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. If anything, I want that. Like, I would happily give away points of my business that anybody out there listening because you see the <laughs> wants to come over and grow, grow, no, grow. No, no, you see the value attached. Well, put it, it this way like, when, when, like, to, to be in my position today, I put this to my old employer and I said, Look, like, I want good growth. Like, so are we growing together? Or are we growing apart? And that's basically what it boiled down right. to. Now, I didn't want to grow apart, I wanted to grow together, but I needed him to be able to facilitate that growth. That's why I moved into the heating industry. I have two guys that work for me. They're way too bright to be rough in plumbers. They just are. They would have outgrown me, right? So I'm like, what do I do? I gotta look for something that's what these guys do. Yeah. Find more challenges, like, you know? And now these guys are stepping into being in their younger 20s and running the division of the company where it's like, you know, like, if, and, if, and if someday they step up to take a part of that, well, so be it. Colleges and Institutes Canada, or CCAN, is here promoting the Career Launcher Apprenticeships program. Investing in new talent can be a challenge, but the Career Launcher Apprenticeships team is here to help. They are providing financial incentives of up to $20,000 to small and medium-sized employers in the construction and manufacturer industries to help them offset the cost of hiring new apprentices. Funding is currently available for a max of up to two apprentices up to March 31st, 2024. Employers can allocate the funding for any purpose that supports the apprenticeship, including salaries, schooling, tools, etc. We are working hard to help bridge the gap in skilled trades and support business growth throughout the country. Visit them at www.careerlauncher.ca forward slash apprenticeships. You can also visit them at toolkits.collegesinstitutes.ca forward slash apprentice connect. I know that you haven't done the OEAP or been a part of it, but have you guys have any? No? What? Hired anybody that went through the OEAP program? No. no. no? OEAP program. Sorry, my apologies. Sorry? OEAP. The Ontario Youth Ont Apprenticeship Program. Youth Apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. So the government pretty much um, gets you either a student out of high school. High school level. Yeah. And they pay to have the student work for you or under you like for a, a little bit. Kind of like a co-op. Yeah. Yes. I think that's what happened with 
the kid that we had from Milton, to be okay. honest with you. He probably started a Neo yet program and I'm then. I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. Okay. Because it didn't cost me anything to have him. Or is that just because he was a co-op student? I'm, I don't know now. Uh, usually, I think co-op you get paid and. Does a co-op you get paid? No. Uh, I think so. No, co-op you don't get paid, but OYAP is uh, the it government. Counts as the hours. Government. Yeah, the, the hours. Yeah. Yes. But the government pays yeah. for those hours. The employer yeah. doesn't have to pay for the those hours. The employer doesn't pay for Did, those. Uh, you got to sign a bunch of paperwork. There's a lot of paperwork. And then they get on your job site for a period of time, right? For but, a short period yeah. of time. But what's great about those OYAP students is they're never fully registered with the ministry. So a, those students work for you for a bit you decide at the end of their time with you whether or not they're deemed to go into an apprenticeship and then you still qualify for the grant because they were never registered with the ministry. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it is a good program to like get somebody with soft skills to yeah. then come in as an apprentice because it's a shorter period of time rather than going through the whole apprenticeship process of registering them with the ministry and whether or not you guys are going to lose money because you're spending so much time training them and your journey people are training them and whatnot. So it's a nice intro to, to the trades. Do you, do you guys want more government collaboration with your businesses or less to make your business grow and potentially have more uh, people to pull from to hire yeah, it'd be awesome if you could do more because the more you can do, the more areas you can branch into. Like, say right now, like, you know, I have a couple of service guys that would love to get their backflow license. But in order to get their backflow license, they got to pay 1500 or $2,000 and take a week off work. So it's like, you know, I we as an employer, I can help with the assisting of the paying for the program because, you know, if they're going to be putting it's it to use. It's going to benefit your business. Benefit. Yeah. yeah, but, like, most employers aren't in a position to say, oh, here's $2,000 up front for your program. I hope you pass. I hope you stick around. And, by the way, good luck on your week off. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just you have to be a bigger company, and the bigger companies can do it and are doing it. they can it. afford it. Of course, yeah. I feel like the the school programs are set up in a really great way for us because they're usually in the winter and they're in the colder months. So you, you're going to be off anyways. Yeah. You're going to be off on EI and you can go and you can get the grant from the government, which is, you know, it's not a lot, but it's something. Um, the one thing I can think of, like I'm my guys, both of them right now, they don't have driver's licenses. And I'm saying, go and go and get your license. I'll pay for it. But maybe something out there that the government can get involved in with helping people afford vehicles and Getting to work is a huge thing, especially if you're not downtown Toronto, you're not able to take the subway. People well, it's difficult. Custom resi, you guys are super here in this and part of the I city. S- I spend hours going around picking people up. So you're carpooling all the time? Carpooling, yeah. yeah like Same situation? It's, yeah. it's just me, so I haven't had to pick anybody up Pick yet. yourself up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some, some, sometimes Vibes. I'm late picking myself up for yeah, work. Really. <laughs> Hold on, Daniel. How long have you been on your solo? Like, uh, how many years now? It's just it's this is my first year. First year, yeah. yeah okay. I, I started in March. Um, and how was when you were working for somebody else? How was it set up then? I I always had my own vehicle. Okay. Um, so your job site, you go, you do the job, the scope, and then move on to the next one and keep on going until yeah. you decide to go on your own. Uh, yeah. So I worked out. I always had my own car, so it was. I guess I was quite quite fortunate in that way. Are you interested in going down the OYAP route and trying to find somebody? Going down the apprentice y- route, and trying yeah. To find somebody. I I think like 
right now I'm just working on getting uh, systems in play for my company. That That's why I'm just working by myself right now. I just want to get my storage unit organized, get my shop organized, have my truck organized. Because it's so, like, carpenters have so many tools. Lots. So do, so do I guess, every other trade. But, like, my... He's all red, you're all yellow. It's just as simple as that. And you have a trowel. But there's 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 so many tools, and it's and it's so easy to lose a hand tool here and there. And, and like, sure, it's only $50, but if you hire an apprentice and he's he's leaving your levels over here and then... You know, he, he leaves your laser at a job site, you know, like, it really adds up. So if you have a system, like I have a pretty good system of where all my tools go. And if you can, once I feel like I'm ready, you know, how, how all my systems for how I want to build stuff, how I want the end of the day cleanup to go, how I expect my truck to be kept. Uh, once I have that set for myself, then I'm going to start growing my business and looking for employees and likely it'll be through OYAP or through through the apprenticeship um, just because like, it would be easy not easy but easier on on a small company like me to to hire a young guy because you know maybe I can't keep a you know a 15-year carpenter busy uh, three 360 days a year but if I take a high school kid on for a summer, you know, like summer's a busy time for us, I can take a high school kid on. You can see if they're even interested in that. You can trade. see if they're interested, if, if they'll work for me. Um, it's a lot less stressful than hiring a full-time employee. And they're like, oh, like I, got a, I got a wife and kids. And I'm like, hey, hey man, like I don't, I don't have any work yep. this week. Yeah, no, it's stressful. You know, especially with the kind of current financial climate. Uh, it's find it kind of easy to keep myself working uh and if i don't if i can't find work then it's i'm the only one responsible for me it's it's just me whereas you know if you have two or three guys it's, it's an added stress it's a that, different story but yeah. are you guys um working on how to make your business more efficient oh yeah that's every, day. every right single now. day every day you have to be right yeah. it's working on the business and working in the business yeah there's two like different how things. often right? and and a lot of people aren't working on the business because you're just walking in the business and and then that's what makes it scary right like where i would say is that i have the opposite opinion on i would hire a qualified guy first rather than a helper because now if you have a helper you have to concentrate on you have to keep him busy so you have the same commitment you just don't have the same financial obligation mm -hmm. but what ends up happening is that you will spend so much time trying to figure it out with him that if you could put more belief into what you do, you, you're you already in the position of being self-employed and you've got there because you've been able to, you know, get contracts, get people to believe in you. So now if you can match that with somebody that knows what they're doing, you'd be surprised at how quick you could grow. Then your next hire can be an apprentice because it can be that person's responsibility. To take now care to, of that and now, now you have two. Now you can actually work on the business now you can systemize it now you can get your data entry and your crm it's very like even tools like i lost one year forty thousand dollars in tools when one of my trucks got stolen right Ouch. so so again like the, like how do you document your tools where are your tools do the insurance company have a record of all your mm -hmm. tools are all your tools photographed because mm -hmm. if they're not good luck with that like only for i have a team of people it, 
like I would have been bogged down and losing major jobs trying to figure out where, where my hand tools were while $100,000 in work passed by because I can't, I would have been stuck, right? Yeah. You know, so like uh, it's very important that you do have the correct insurances and you have the, your tools laid out and photographed and everything in case of something like that does happen. I want to ask you guys, um, at what point, because I know you mentioned, and I think, Julia, you mentioned earlier about you know really quickly that mm -hmm. if this person's going to work out or not, mm -hmm. but what are some of the telltale signs that you see from potential apprentices or potential employees that are coming on board that you guys finally realize, okay, this person is not trainable, this person is not a good fit for my team, and how do we, how will you guys handle that? I've, I've noticed now um, it's an interest in the art and the beauty of bricklaying. If I, I hear some of the guys, they talk about it, and they're super interested, and they're asking me questions about what it is and why it is that way. That's my first sign. I know that they want to be here, and they want to do, do this with me. Um, but if they're not Because people don't way usually give a shit about bricks. Um, but the odd, people do, the odd person does, and it shines through for sure. So then when, how do you handle it when you know you have to let go of somebody? I haven't yet. Okay. I've been really close a couple times, but I, I just have so much personal investment in these two people that I don't, I can't see. I, and you I see love, the potential for I them. see the potential and I love them as people and I want to take care of them. Okay. Like I have a relationship with them. Like it feels like. And they're loving the art of the brick. They're, art, they're loving the art of the brick and they want to be better and they want to do better. But everybody has bad days and I've had lots of bad days through my apprenticeship. I struggled a lot. Like, and I got away with it because I was in a big company. So I could like, you know, call in sick and they'd still, you know, be fine without me. Yeah. But I'm not fine without my helpers, right? So, yeah. yeah. Daniel, you haven't fired anybody yet? No, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I worked for one. <laughs> I worked for one framer. Uh, I was there two two years, two and a half years, and I think we went through uh, probably an employee every other week. Oh wow! And and you could tell within ten minutes if they were going to last or not. Well, was you the can. sign? I, it, it was. It differed for some. I, I remember one guy. I was still pretty fresh at the company. I was just explaining them like simple shit, like how we grade lumber, how we leave a job site, how how our boss likes the tools. And the guy literally looked at me and goes, oh, you guys are carpenters. <laughs> he just wanted to bang, bang studs together. That's all he wanted to do. He, that's, he, so he goes, oh, you guys are carpenters. Like, I'm not, I'm not a carpenter. And then he literally just grabbed his tool belt and walked off the job site. What was he? he I think he came from subdivisions, and I think all he wanted to do was just nail a gun in his hand and just nail studs together. Just a hammer. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was a lot of interesting guys. Colorful cast of characters in construction is what I yeah. call it. <laughs> You've obviously let people go. Yeah. Not obviously, but yeah, you have. I, I don't, <laughs> and, I, and I don't like uh, letting people go at all. Like, like you said, like you develop relationships with people. I'm a team leader, so, you know, ultimately the ownership stops with me. But, you know, what it is is it's just trying to get better at knowing what's a waste of your time and knowing what to work on and, how long to work on it for? Like that's 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 the difficult part, and you know, pick your battles. Yeah, like developing yourself as a leader, and like you know, as an owner, getting more invested in leadership. Read a couple of books, and you know, go on a journey like that, and 
you know, that will that will help you navigate through your business and recognize character traits in people that, you know, you may not want in your team. Um, and again, like having, you know, your company laid out to say, like, what what are your morals? Like, what are, you know, what is the company about? Are you having meetings to keep them engaged in what the company is, you know? What's the best um, lesson that you guys have learned for business growth that you've taken into your own businesses? I mean, I haven't had a chance to implement it yet. But, but you worked on I, other businesses for yeah, as an employee. Yeah. And you've seen what works for them business growth wise. I, th I think if you make your employees feel like they're part of your family, like your mm -hmm. business family. Mm hmm. I think that that goes a long way in making your and you seem like you do a, a very good job both of you guys I don't by the end of this I want to be a plumber on his crew I know like I was <laughs> yeah. just thinking that I want to uh, no but I'm going to still be amazing <laughs> <laughs> that, I think that's I think that's so important as an employer is ma make your employees feel like they're they're a part of your family because they will go yep. that extra mile for you you know, they'll, mm -hmm. they'll work that little bit harder. They'll care a little bit more if, if they feel like they're cared for by their boss. I think that's the, the biggest thing you can do for your employees. And I think they'll go, like, it's not just a paycheck now. It, they care about for, it. For some, for some places I worked for, it was like, it was just a simple transaction. I worked for you, you paid me, and that, that's all it was. So you have no issues walking away from a company like that because you're just, it's, you're just like, oh, I'll just, Go, there's a bunch of other there's nothing companies now yeah. and and like you guys said like employees are a lot more valuable than employers right now like it's definitely the employees market so if you, like just make your employees feel like they're wanted they're part of your family train them like i guess spending money on training um make make it seem like it's definitely not a dead-end job and uh, julia yeah I, I totally agree with that like some of some of the times when these guys said like they just want to protect me and i can feel that from them they they're like older brothers right they, they just want to keep everybody safe and they want the job to go right because they they want me to be happy and I, I the point the part for me to you know get that in their head was i had to show up and work my ass off in front of them and not just like sit around and like out of the white pickup truck like okay go do this go do that i was i was so a part of it and i showed them like how nitty-gritty this can be and how much work it is but at the end like look at this beautiful thing that you just created with your hands and that's going to be there for the next 150 years and i hope you know that if you know you get to the point one day that it inspires you to to be able to do the same thing and i feel like they're they're getting to that point the other thing being new i've i literally have four years i started in 2018 so I'm not he like I don't have a ton of time in this in this trade in business it's only been a year and a half so I'm very new constantly learning from the people that have been doing this longer than I've been alive has been my number one lesson since the beginning listen to these people they know what they're talking about and admitting when I'm wrong and I need to ask for help because I like to think that I know everything but I, I absolutely don't so. I do yeah, you do. I know. I gotta. <laughs> I gotta call you, man. I, I still have <laughs> a couple more help. more years to mature. I think. <laughs> yeah. So that that's definitely been my my number one for sure. There's been a number of lessons for you, Aaron. Right now, just over the years yeah. that you've taken to your business. Yeah, so many. Like, um, you know, I, I I think the number one thing is, you know, control your ego. Mm. You know, like that's a big thing. Like. Uh, I have one of the gyms that uh, one of my nephews is a, he, he fights MMA and it says, uh, 
leave your egos and your shoes off the mats, you know. And I always remember that, and I'm like, wow, that's a good one, like you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and be a leader, like don't be a boss. Like I I don't like when I'm on a job and someone says, look, you're boss. Like I'm like, ah, fuck, I'm not boss. Like I'm a team leader. Like I'm not, you know. So you're part of the crew. Part of the crew, like yeah, just again, like trying to carve away for them, listening to what they want, where they want to go. You know, really not making them do something the way I want to do it. You know, making them understand that the material cost and the value of being able to do something and be more creative and doing it will save you time, will save you material, will increase in productivity. Not just because I told you to do that way and I'm the best plumber in the world, so you should respect that. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you're also creating, all of you guys are creating an environment for them to present new ideas. Of course. To, to add value to your businesses as well, right? That's kind of the environment that you guys want to create for them, right? Oh, yeah, big time. Like, yeah, it's funny because when with the team leaders now, when I brought them and showed them, like, the profitabilities in the industry, seeing the operating cost and seeing, like, all the segments on a big job and the returns and, like, seeing, like, when the administration would give back the package and they would have all circle like this would be highlighted every things that were contested mm-hmm. like from the invoice and these guys were like wow like what, what's that like and we're like oh these are all the days you were there and he's like yeah but that day they were nice to me i'm like <laughs> yeah <laughs> until you left <laughs> like you know and we sent the invoice and it's like so it gives them a a, a good insight that a lot of a, a lot of uh, businesses are not shown to yeah. people and, and and ultimately like i think that's why a lot of people leave because they kind of make that judgment and say oh like i'm sure i can figure this out but the failure rate in construction is massive like you know it's it's quite has it gotten big. worse i don't know it's that like isn't it in like 95 percent of businesses don't last yeah like five years and 98 percent don't last 10 years or so like aren't the stats ridiculous i you feel know? like everyone in their grandmother right now is becoming a general contractor yeah the so market's saturated like it's, it's crazy yeah. if she can carry block sure. that's fine i'm good with that <laughs> even one at a time is better than some of the people we're, we, we, we're, we're gonna wrap it up soon but i do want to ask you guys i guess one last question about uh i guess a two-parter question um you as employers what's the one question you want to ask the apprentice first when they get on the job site? And what's the one first question that the apprentice should ask you as the employer? I'm going to, I'm going to ask them first time because I ask them every day because I interview guys every second day. And uh, I say, what's your expectations of the trade? What does the trade mean to you? And tell me what a qualified plumber is to you. Where are you in five years? Where are you in 10 years? And then like, that gives me a good idea to like, you know what it is for them and then typically i sit them down and i tell them actually what it is you know and and like a good indication for you were saying earlier on to how to kind of know or not one of the things that always happens in the plumbing industry is guys will ask when do you buy my tools i'll say Oof. wait how, well, hold on when do i buy your tools oh yeah yeah i heard like you buy the tools right no, like I buy the van and the things in it so you can do your job. But your tools, you're, we're signing you up to be a trades guy. Like you need your tools. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, what? I got to invest in myself. And that's the fourth sign. Of well, that goes back to Daniel's point about them mm. caring about your business, you know, and being interested in it at that point. Right. Yeah. Like if you're not willing to, you know, spend some of your own money to get a sawzall and a skill saw or like something to make your life a bit easier. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know how invested in your trade you're really going to be. So when you ask that question or those questions, is that an interview sometimes over real quick by their oh, responses? Oh, real quick. Like, I know mm. some guys leave and they're like, oh, that guy's an asshole. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Zeno. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, but those are very valid <laughs> questions, right? Yeah, of course. Like, like, I had a guy come in today and basically he has no tools. He told me he can't afford tools. He has basically one year's experience and he won't work for less than $30 an hour. boy. Yeah, awesome. Knows what he wants. Yeah. Right? I'm like, wow, okay, I got a guy for $20 right an there. hour that's doing yeah. side jobs and has his own tools. <laughs> <laughs> Julia? <laughs> um, probably like my number one would be, does hard work inspire you? Do you go home at the end of the day after working your ass off and you f- that makes you feel amazing? Because that's what you need to do this trade. You need to be able to just absolutely adore slaving over <laughs> whatever it might be that day, <laughs> taking down a hundred year old wall, building up a massive block wall. Who knows what it is? But you're gonna you're gonna feel it. And I want you to go home and feel happy about what you did. And the other thing, um, do you ever look up? Do you walk downtown and do you look up yeah. at these buildings that have been there for two hundred years? And do you see the beauty that? Inspiring above you yeah. beyond the glass that you're walking past in your phone and you're seeing the subway signs like just just look up for 30 seconds and what do you see and like how does that how does that make you feel and what do you think about all like just 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 to get there just to get their you know basic instinct about what this trade is and where it started because i feel like we have to pay respect to our beginnings right of course um i want somebody to just ask me how can i help you and how can I do that without you having to tell me? I feel like that would be like a number one employee for me just to be able to figure out what they need to do without me telling them and then coming back to me every three seconds to ask me what's next. Be the kind of person that can can decipher that for themselves. Even if it's something simple like picking up a broom, so be it. But yeah. There's nothing wrong with a broom. That's, brooms are great. Daniel? <laughs> I haven't put much thought into that yet. Uh, Still think I'm pretty far away from you, my first employee. So, but it's coming though; it's gonna happen. Yeah, I'm hoping like next summer. Yeah, I'm gonna try and try and pick someone up. Um, not not sure what I'd ask them, really. Any thoughts on what you want them to ask you? Were you ever asked when you got started and you were on your first time job site, and <sighs> and the employer was asking you, or it was like, are you gonna show? Was that the question? Uh, well, my, my first job in construction was a little, little interesting because I, I moved, I like I, I moved three hours away from my, from Toronto, just up north. So I, I showed, I showed some pretty serious commitment to my employer because I was like, Hey, like, I'll know. commit. <clears throat> I was like, yeah, I guess like they, they hired me and I moved three and a half hours away from home, rented an apartment at 18. And I, I started working for this guy in the middle of nowhere. I decided I wanted to build cottages. So that's where I went. Um, and I guess, yeah, I, don't, I can't remember what he said to me. Um, but I'm sure he was thrilled that someone was that committed to their yeah. company. Yeah, that's a huge accomplishment to begin with. Yeah. Okay. But mo- most people ask, you know, like, where do you see yourself 5, 10, 15 years? And I mean, like, you ask an 18-year-old that. I know, but asking, <laughs> asking you guys in your 20s, your yeah. mid to late 20s, that's like an eternity to ask five, 10 years from now. I know. I that's your whole career at that point, but it's not. Yeah, that's it feels like it sometimes. Yeah. My knees are going to give out before I'm 30. 
<laughs> we'll see. Hilti will come up with some apparatus. Yeah, I like the back. Connect things connect, so yeah. you can start lifting a bunch of stuff up from perfect. that point. But um, I think any other thoughts, questions? We kind of covered a bunch of it already. So Yeah, you guys have been amazing. I'm. It's so crazy to see like the different levels that mm-hmm. you're all at and to kind of this must have been so beneficial for all of you just to learn from each other and to hear what everybody had to say and i mean it's it's great one that you've participated in the program already and you're seeing the benefits of it yep. um you'll continue using the program yeah we have two more lined up for uh, february of next year i'm pretty sure 2024 2024 Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah, you said it ends in march, march. yeah, yeah. it's march just because that's it's it, two per fiscal yeah. so okay so twenty thousand in total or so no. twenty thousand per fiscal per, is okay. up to twenty thousand per fiscal, depending on who you hire. Great. You gonna consider it or? I have been. I've just been waiting for this guy to prove me wrong, but he's starting to prove me right. So Good. I think it's yeah, it's moving forward. What's great also is that even if you don't have an apprentice lined up, mm-hmm. we will hold the funding. Mm-hmm. So you could apply, sign the mm-hmm. contract, and that way at least we're holding your spot in the program so for anybody else listening that is a a huge opportunity to i know it's not easy to find people nowadays we also have a job board on the website um, that connects to all the colleges nationwide Um, and then again we are connected to the colleges so should you have any questions or want to reach out to any of the um the career centers at any colleges near you um please you know reach out trades at careerlauncher.ca and we'll see who we can connect you with yeah so if you guys want to just give up your deets again let everybody know who you are and business wise Aaron at expert plumbing and drains expert plumbing and heating it's been a pleasure to be here today thanks for having me back. Oh, thank you for being back and then also expert plumbing and drains canada on instagram on right? instagram yes yeah sir. on ig and then julia uh julia with uh, the brick chick masonry um soon to be the brick chicks soon to be the brick chicks masonry <laughs> i'm the brick the dot brick dot chick on instagram uh the brick chick masonry.com is my website you guys can also check out if you're interested in um brickling or apprenticeships in brickling ontario masonry training center has a great website and they have got lots of programs to help people get started for next to nothing so they're a good resource daniel uh daniel uh Limoges carpentry uh Instagram's uh, Limoges.Carpentry. Yeah, Limoges.Carpentry. Yep. And it's Toronto-based. Carpentry Toronto-based, yeah. And obviously you guys are, people can reach out. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. For work, mm-hmm. for employment. Come get yeah. it. Have a conversation. For hydronics training, if for anybody hydronics out training. is interested in getting for a the pint. next program. <laughs> sure. Couple of Guinnesses. Ashley. And Ashley from Career Launcher Apprenticeships. Um, sign up. Get some money for uh, growing your business at uh, careerlauncher.ca forward slash apprenticeships. And also toolkits.collegesinstitutes.ca forward slash apprentice connect. Yeah. And then the email, I guess, if anybody's got any questions, they can reach you directly. Trades at careerlauncher.ca. That's it. I think that's it. I thank you guys so much for being on the show. It's always nice to see you guys again. And then Daniel, you're more than welcome to come back and do another show. Should uh, come back with Jim. Sorry? So you should come back on with Jim. You know what? You ask him if he wants to come back. He was on the show recently, so I'd love to have him bring Darren along too. 
that would be fun. Do <laughs> you have a? Do you have like some of the bleep people swearing out though? No, <laughs> we just let it go. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I want to thank you so much. Everyone's always more than welcome to come back, and I, I thank you so much, Ashley, for setting this up and getting it going. This is a this is a valuable conversation, and we everybody that's working in construction is having this conversation. I just don't think that they they know where to go. Exactly. It's navigation mm-hmm. yeah. is all it really it's is, finding right? finding out how to become an apprentice also, right? So, yeah. you know, we just want to help bridge that gap. And I'm sure that there's a lot of kids, I call them kids because they're younger than me, that <laughs> are interested in getting in construction and just don't know where to go is out. Exactly. So they're, we're yeah. both in the same boat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's good. Okay. That's it. Thank awesome. you very much, guys. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.